Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We are very, very pleased that you are here with us today. Oh, we've got a wonderful show in store for you with a great in-studio guest, and we'll get to that shortly. First, let's, of course, as we always do, uh, our quotes of the day from the universe and Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today first from the universe please tell anyone who wants to know that a dream not followed by consistent action however humble or small the actions may be points to either a huge contradiction or a gigantic misunderstanding because when people are clear and they realize just how powerful they really are wild horses can't stop them from taking baby steps every day yeah the universe uh, we love our quotes from mike dooley in the universe um reminding us that you know uh, just even small tiny baby steps that take us in the direction of our dreams that take us towards that that goal that intention you know th- that just those smallest actions can have huge effects over time and that we're not meant to sit here and have a dream and sit back and do nothing about it. We, we have these visions. We have uh, these crazy dreams to inspire us, to motivate us, to move us forward, to get us to take action so that we can take that action joyfully and and have a joyful journey towards uh, wherever we happen to be going. So again, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be these gigantic, massive action plans, even just baby steps, just the smallest of actions. And maybe that action includes talking to a friend about it, writing it down on a piece of paper, you know, uh, uh, looking up comparisons or something, you know, just any little thing, a little bit every day goes so, so far. So let's not shortchange ourselves by sitting on our dreams. Uh, let's, let's inspire ourselves to just take those actions. Because the really cool thing is when we start taking little actions towards our dreams, then when other people see us, they're not so intimidated. They're not so like, oh my God, I could never do what, what she's doing because look how, how you know, energetic and all the stuff they're doing. But if we just do a little bit at a time, it's like, oh yeah, like I could do that. Like I have this big dream, but I can do it, you know, just a little step at a time too. So not only does it help to move us closer to the very thing that uh, we love in our life, it helps others to do the same by setting a very realistic and um, gentle example for others to follow. So please... Please remember, the dream is to be followed by consistent, however humble or small those actions may be. Thank you, universe. Okay, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. You are an extension of that which is non-physical. You are the leading edge. More specifically focused, eyes of that which is non-physical. The current you... The current you're using as the energy that you are creating with is the non-physical. We are all in this together. You are the more specific eyes of the non-physical energy, Abraham. So this is uh, one of the more mm, esoteric quotes, I'll say, from Abraham. Really trying to say and trying to remind us that Yes, we may have a physical body. Yes, you know, we may live in three-dimensional reality. But we are just the tip of an energetic iceberg. We are just the, the, the mere focal point of something energetic that is non-physical, that can't be touched, but maybe can be felt. And that the, the 
when we tap into, as in with our first quote, the energy that we tap into when we do things like take action towards our dreams, that's an energy that doesn't necessarily come from physical reality. It comes from a non-physical place. And what we are are the focal points, or as, as Abraham likes to say, the specific eyes, the more specific eyes. In other words, the more defined way of looking at things. So I think what Abraham is trying to say is like, yes, we're physical, but remember we're much more than just physical. And I think when we remember that, we walk through life a slightly different way. We, we take the things that come to us in a slightly different manner. And we look at ourselves, at others, at situations, not from such a literal point of view, but from a more energetic, a more spiritual, some may say, point of view. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you enjoyed them. We'll have two more quotes for you next week. And now it is my extreme pleasure... Uh, to welcome onto our show our guest for today. Uh, Rob, do you think you can uh, move that uh, other uh, video feed over? We're actually doing kind of a, a special, a little special thing. I'm trying to do two video feeds on Facebook on one show. So I may not be able to see all your comments, but uh, we're going to try and do this uh as best we can so it is my pleasure to welcome nancy collier who is a psychotherapist in private practice an ordained interfaith minister mindfulness teacher relationship coach and blogger for psychology today in huffington post she is the author of the new book the power of off the mindful way to stay sane in a virtual world her previous books include inviting a monkey to tea see i love this woman i love tea i love mindfulness this is great uh, befriending your mind and discovering lasting contentment and also getting out of your own way unlocking your true performance potential and i am very pleased that uh, her travels take her to the conscious consultant hour welcome nancy thank you delighted to be here ah, wonderful to have you here and you know psychotherapists have a very special place in my heart because my wife is a psychotherapist. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, she's an, an uh, LCSW who does EMDR and somatic oh, experiencing okay. right. <laughs> and who speaks Chinese, which is, oh uh, uh, yeah, because uh, she's from China. Right. Um, but so. English too, I hope. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, yes, and she's a special lady, special yeah, lady. Yeah. Um, so uh, have you always been a therapist? Uh, for a long time, for more long than time. two decades. Ah, yeah, for yes. quite a while. A lot of people. Mm. Um, and how did you um, get into sort of the mindfulness side of things? Because it sounds mm. like not only do you practice it, you write about it. Yes. My path to mindfulness actually, in a certain way, it was given to me. You could say I was actually born into a family with two Buddhist parents. Ooh. Kind of crazy. Um and my may I ask what what form of Buddhism? Because I know sure, there, because yeah. I have a good friend who's a Theravadan monk. I know, yeah. I know a Mahayana monk. So. Yeah. So my mom was a Tibetan Buddhist. Tibetan, okay. And my dad practiced more Zen. Okay. Um, but from the time that I was very young, my dad was a psychiatrist. My mom was a psychologist. Oh. So that's kind of terrifying <laughs> right there. But um, my dad happened to travel quite a bit with Krishnamurti. Oh. So he did a number of different um, videotapes with David Bohm and Krishnamurti mm -hmm, and... Yeah. We spent a lot of time with Krishnamurti. Oh, wow. And he was around. I mean, and for me, it was just another Jeez. guy. I oh had no God. idea. Oh, my God. And uh, he would always say to me, you know, where is your attention? You know, and I'm like 12. <laughs> my attention is on this 17 magazine. I don't know where my attention is. So I had sort of no idea, you know, wow. this this legacy. And my mom wrote some wonderful books on spirituality and psychology. Um, and she led Surya Das's group here in New York. Oh. And so Surya was always around and just all the, the teachers mm -hmm. were around. We just knew them. And um, so, but I was a kid of that. So it wasn't yeah. really 
mine. And then it's interesting. I, I became a very, very serious athlete, uh, an equestrian, and oh, um, nice. was competing at you know the highest level in the country. And I really had to find not just the physical mm-hmm. wherewithal to do something of excellence, mm-hmm. but I had to find a capacity to really be fully present in the Mm. ring and it needed more than top training it needed more than all the tools i had been introduced to and i started to look at just ways of being with the states that were arising in me whether Mm. it was anxiety or whatever was arising from a slightly different place so maybe from a place of witness or a place of awareness um Mm. So it it started to enter my life through trying to be a great athlete, and I needed more wow. than just tools. Right. But then I would say, really, if if we were to say the biggest thing is that I was a triple type A person. Oh. <laughs> that if I wasn't accomplishing or doing right, or learning right. nonstop, and if I had open space in front of me that wasn't with something interesting or with an experience or a learning or something that I really didn't know how to be, how to be. Right. I was a, a fantastic doer right. and it served me quite well, Right. but I needed to learn how to, to be. be. Right, right. It, it, it just completely blows my mind that, like, you were hanging out with David Bohm and Jay Krishnamurti because, uh, you know, as a kid, like, you know, oh, they're just regular people. Because um, when I, like, very first got on my spiritual back, way path, way back when I was in college, I mean, this is like 79, 80, 81, like, they were some of the first, like, m- people that i read and and they were always like oh my god they seemed like such incredible pioneers real pioneers i mean it's actually remarkable um to see how available now the non-dual teachings are it's we we don't people now don't really realize yeah how how much it was on the fringe oh my goodness a short time ago just 20 years ago absolutely yeah so to to be steeped in that you know stew or you marinate in that stew it never didn't it never didn't resonate with me right. because it's my language. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow, it's funny. It's like as a rebellious teenager, it's surprising you didn't become an evangelical <laughs> Christian or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, time for us to take our first break. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's find out what happened uh, after she learned to integrate this into her physical uh, challenges of excellence. And then we'll kind of get around to uh, her latest, um, uh, how shall we say, her latest uh, Uh, topic of uh, technology so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back you're listening to the talking alternative network to connect with are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following welcome to our show follow Follow me friday Friday with joan and priya tune in every friday at noon eastern on talkradio.nyc we're We're your digital connectors connectors. (laughs) (laughs) talking alternative radio 24 hours a day. And 
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanities. Hey, a big shout out to all the people on the Facebook live stream watching. I can like see there are a bunch of people who joined the video. I, I have to get up over the next commercial break and go take a look if any of your comments. I apologize because we're doing a different angle. I'm doing the laptop a little further away, um, so I can't quite see your comments in the phone. It's a little more direct, but that's on my uh, Conscious Consultant page. So if you want to see the close-up video Go to the conscious con- Facebook.com slash Conscious Consultant. Um, okay, so Nancy, so, so we were talking last segment of just kind of like how you sort of came to mindfulness, but you kind of always, it was always there, but it was sort of those, those challenge of trying to be excellent as an equestrian, sort of the physical challenge, in, in a sense kind of made you realize that it takes more than something physical to really be excellent at it. Absolutely, and it was not only for <laughs> to learn how to win better, not All only right. competitive, but there was also a sense in me, as I was just saying, that um, I couldn't keep chasing a next experience. I was right. burning out. I was burning right. out. Right, because it's always like the next goal, and you reach that goal, and you're happy for like three seconds, That's and it. it's like, oh, what's next to do? And That's it's it. the next big goal. And three would have been generous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was preparing for the next event before I before, had gotten, uh, yeah. So I got, I got. Um, luckily, I'm aware enough that I realized that um, I couldn't outrun myself for my whole life. Mm. And I also, you know, I became a psychotherapist over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I also really saw how um, just dealing with people's minds mm-hmm. and their ego minds mm-hmm. ultimately did not create healing. Mm. That we needed more than just understanding your story. Right, right. And so that also, I started to see how practices from non-duality from you know tibetan buddhism they were incredibly helpful Mm -hmm. in creating a different kind of healing Mm -hmm. not just more information for your mind to you know bandy about but shifting to a different way of being to who's living this life when that starts to shift it gets Mm. more interesting yeah 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 have you read michael singer's book yet yes loved that book i I, I, I loved untethered soul and i just got uh someone mentioned that his new book um the surrender experiment is even better so i got it it, but i haven't read it yet okay i haven't gotten that one yet but untethered soul is just phenomenal Yeah. yeah that's what it's about is it's not that we're not an ego self. It's there. Right. We're human. Right. But it's the realizing the what else. Right. 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 The, the larger picture. And just how much freer my life felt when I started mm. to seriously practice. Right. And um, H- how yeah. old were you when you started seriously practicing, would you say? Seriously practicing around... 32, 33, so no. a while, some so, time so ago, like, yeah. Like, but like a good 20 years after you were first introduced right. to kind of all That's this right. stuff. Although, you know, I meditated in I my didn't. 20s off and oh, on, okay. um, you know, at my father's funeral, you know, it was a meditation practice. That's oh, what really? we did. Oh. We all... so. There never wasn't a time that meditation wasn't in our mm. lives. Um, so I had always meditated, but I think that it really was this burning out of nextness mm. that um, caught up with me in right. my early 30s. And I really got it at a very mm. cellular level mm. that something external was mm. never going to complete me. Right. It was never going right. to ultimately give me what I needed, what I really needed, which right. was a sense of wholeness right. internally. Right, right. So now that you've been, been, you know, having a sort of a serious practice, and this isn't, I'm assuming it doesn't just involve meditation. No. You, you do other things, too. Yes. I mean, I, I practice non-duality. Okay. So what that means is essentially... Um, the non-separateness between experience and the experiencer. Mm. Um, not to go into it here, but it's it's very similar to Buddhism. Right. And um, how do we practice it? We practice it not just on the cushion, obviously, but right. moment to moment of recognizing the awareness that's here, right. that's making all of this 
actually possible that's right. that that what is it that illuminates all that we see? Yeah, it's just yeah. keeping one foot in in that ocean mm. all the time, if you will. Right. So right. it's not it's not you know retreating to a cave. It's it's very right. much here. Right. Right. Yeah, because that's one of the things. I mean, I, I you know people know who follow me that you know uh, the the person who owned this station and the the wellness center before I did became a Theravada monk. Um, he meditating in the forests of Thailand and Malaysia for the last seven years. He's actually, I think, in Italy right now. Um, but I've always felt like the time for monks is over. Not mm-hmm. that people can't shouldn't be monks, mm-hmm. but it's now time to live sort of the principles that the monk lives but in regular normal everyday life here in the middle of new york city not out in the middle of nowhere but here where we're interacting with each other and in the middle of the commerce center of the planet that's it yeah it it does feel more and more um that well you know to go off and leave out people, you know. Yeah. People are the problem we have, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's people. Yes. <laughs> so when we just retreat to, you know, our silence, it's it's it works for some folks, but it does have a kind of avoidant quality mm. about it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, for those of us who are in the world and mm-hmm. interested in the world mm-hmm. and the juicy stuff mm-hmm. of mind, it's not about, you know, not getting to, to live mind. It's just really about realizing, th- again, the moreness of mm-hmm. it. And that we can only practice that in our families, yeah. in our relationships, yeah. in our jobs. Well, was it Osho who said, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with, with your, your family? family. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love yes. it. It's one of my favorite quotes. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is where the the hard part where to really practice it. Okay, so so, so <laughs> let's get to to kind of your latest your, your book, The Power of Off. Yeah. Technology is kind of an amplifier, isn't it? it, it an amplifier of the mind, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. I mean, it kind of just takes us wherever we're at, and it's like, woof. Yes, yes. Well, it's interesting because you know, working with clients all day, I really started to see how people are really walking around. I call it a state of being twired. They're they're mm. simultaneously tired and wired, wired yeah. and they're amped up and yeah. and kind of on crack. Mm-hmm. But they're also depleted at yeah. such a fundamental level. Yeah. And you know, people are bringing their phones into sessions with me. They leave them on. Yeah. There's a kind of constant Uber availability, right? Yeah. That we're expected to hold up, and our nervous systems are really becoming fried at a yeah. very, very real level. Right. And also that what we really crave as human beings, meaning, purpose, a sense of being part of something larger, connection, the way we're using and interacting with technology right now, it's not serving those larger that larger purpose. Right. It's not right. taking us to a state of well-being. It's not mm. leading to a life well-lived. Right. So I got very interested in, I started interviewing people and, and just diving into the topic. And I was seeing that more and more people are struggling with this as an addiction, mm-hmm. as they struggle oh, yeah. with any addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are less and less able of just being with themselves, being in the present moment, being with their direct experience. They don't, we're losing the capacity to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know like from my wife, from, from, she works with a Chinese psychiatrist out in Brooklyn and she sees a lot of Chinese kids there. And I'm sure it's true, not just for Chinese kids, but there's a huge like computer game addiction among teenagers, especially in high school in that, you know, in some of these uh, households where education is prized so much, like the parents are besides themselves because their kids just want to stay home in bed and play computer games all day long and don't want to go to school. And that's like <gasps> terrifying. terrifying. And, yeah. you know, we're seeing, too, what happens really in the brain. I mean, just at a you know neuroscience level is that when we use technology, we're flooded with dopamine. Right. And so we get this feel good hit. Yeah. You know, it's like when you open your laptop and that dun da da da, you know, everyone gets a little <laughs> bit juiced, you know? And then what happens though is that when we get a thought of using or we hear a notification, we get flooded with cortisol, 
which uh, most people know is the fight the or flight drug, stress yeah. hormone. Mm-hmm. And so the only way we know how to calm ourselves down is to get on again. Mm-hmm. So we're in this feedback loop. Yeah. And we're actually, the only thing really different about this addiction is that we've all drunk the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. We're all in. So mm-hmm. in other addictions, the thing that's working for us is that sooner or later, you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your job. Right, you right. cannot keep a life going with most addictions. Right. With this one, you're yeah. an insider. You're yeah. not an outsider, <laughs> right? You're at the genius bar with right. your sparkly case. <laughs> you're good to go. So right. that really worked for us in helping people get off. Mm. But these kids are being given given these devices, their front brains are not ready yet. Mm. Adult front brains are not ready yet. So we're giving them the equivalent of a really serious drug, and we're imagining that they can manage this when most of the parents are addicts themselves. Right, right, right. And we don't even know it because we don't really look at it as an addiction. You know, we think about it, oh, they're, they're just playing with technology. They just like technology. That's okay because, you know, technology is uh, everywhere. You need to know it. Yeah, but the thing is, is technology is allowing them to, for one thing, not have to do any of the hard work and the right. effort that actually creates self-esteem. So they right. Google something. They don't think about it. They find right. an answer the easiest way, the most immediate way. Right. You know, right. they right. text their relationships now instead of yeah. taking a walk. Right. They're losing emotional intelligence. Yeah. They're losing a lot of the things that ultimately make them feel self-esteem, mm-hmm. right? It looks fun. It It's easier, it's more immediate, but what they're giving up is profound. And we're seeing kids also, um, the loneliness rates have gone from 11 to 40%. Depression has skyrocketed. Suicide rates have doubled. The biggest biggest group are um, teen girls. girls, And so we're really, we're doing something to our kids that's quite serious by allowing them to use in this way. Not just our kids, ourselves as well. But they're it's important for parents to look at the skills they're giving up, deep thinking, failure. We're taking failure out. We don't let our kids fail anymore. Yeah, right? These right. are these are important things about building a human being right. that can trust himself, yeah. herself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's like we're learning all this great stuff in, in school except how to be a human being. That's it. <laughs> Okay, so it's time for us to take another quick break. Um, When we come back, let's talk a little bit about um, how to recognize whether it is too much and what we can do about it. And, of course, if anybody would like to call in and ask and answer your own questions, the call-in number is 877-480-4120. And if you're on the Facebook live stream, just type your question in the comments field and we'll get to it right now. So, everybody, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy, and culture... Then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Robin Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with Nancy Collier, author of the book, The Power of Off. Uh, I'm just curious, Nancy, was there one particular like incident or thing that happened that was kind of like the spark of like enough is enough? I got to write about this. Oh, there were so many. Uh. I'm just thinking um, <laughs> one of my first experiences was I was a kind of newbie on Facebook. This uh, was probably, I don't know, nine years ago or so. Uh-huh. And I remember that there was a woman that I deeply respect. She's uh-huh. a woman in her 50s. She's successful. She, you know, lots and lots of wonderful things about her. And um, I saw that she posted uh, up for an early morning bike ride, you know, now finishing it off with a refreshing aside juice. And sounds normal now but i remember in that moment thinking i must be losing my mind why would this woman put that in a public forum and why would i care that she just had a juice i mean it was so it was literally like one of these you know twilight zone moments where i realized the world was changing the world was fundamentally changing and I needed to understand it. I, I, I try and understand things. That's one of my ways of coping. Mm. I didn't get it. Mm. And there was also a moment where, you know, if I'm completely transparent, I became addicted to email. Ah. I was a complete email addict. And it was not really like I, wa- I wasn't expecting anything, you know, from mm. Obama coming in. You know, there was nobody, <laughs> nobody at the State Department needed me. Right. But I was... I was checking uh, in bathroom stalls. Mm. So I had that feeling of like, oh God, maybe something great. You know, that's the mm. that's the sort of gambler's mentality, right? Maybe something great I can't yeah. even know would come in. And one day I walked into my home and I walked right by my kids with a perfunctory hello and went straight to my email and something stopped in me and said, uh. what's happening here? What is happening? Gotcha. And luckily, I'm aware enough that mm. I said, this is not okay. Mm. The way I'm living is not okay. Mm. And I'm using it, as many of us are using it, as a way of staying constantly distracted from the present moment. Mm. After all of my training mm. and all my years <laughs> on the cushion, here I am <laughs> running to an email because it's anywhere but here. Uh, so I could start to feel some of my own tendencies, those early sort of, you know, let's get out of here, um, tendencies starting to come back. And I certainly knew the work I had done to evolve from that place. And I sure didn't want to go back to that state because that's a state, again, of such anxiety. I can't tolerate this moment, right? I can't tolerate the open space. There's always an out. And now because it's a condoned out Mm -hmm. through our phone, it's it's acceptable to be checking your phone constantly. That was a real wake-up call for me. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, when I'm with friends or I'm with important people and they start doing that or they're checking or they put the phone in between us when we're having a coffee or whatever it is, I'll just ask them, you know, I'd prefer if while we're together, you put that away, you know, and when you if, if it's not possible because you're waiting on something or what have you, let's reconvene this when you can be fully available. And just what's amazing is when you start living that way, mm. being the light in the darkness, being the sanity in the insanity, people really respond and follow it. Really? They're so mm. excited yeah. to have a place where both people are fully present yes, because yes. we're all feeling the same sense of distraction right. and no one is with you when they're with you. Right. And you know every conversation is interrupted. It's not really working. What I am learning in my office and from hundreds and hundreds of interviews for the book, mm-hmm. it's not really working for anyone. Right, right. So so when somebody like gets to that point, as you did, saying that th- this is an addiction, this is no good, it is too much, Like, how do you recommend somebody just start to 
have that separation without having the separation anxiety. <laughs> so the first thing you have to realize is that it's not working for me. No. That there's something about it's creating too much anxiety or no. I can't be on the grid all the time. You know, we, we power off our devices, mm-hmm. but we don't power off ourselves. Mm. That I mean, that's remarkable yeah. that our nervous system needs time to be doing nothing. Yeah. You know, people say that we're we are unfocused, but I would beg to differ. I think we're hyper focused. Ah. So we're always narrowing our attention down onto an object of attention. And yet, our nervous system needs time to just float, to Mm. not be attending to a something. At the same time, we're stuffing ourselves with so much noise, so much information, so much entertainment. We're cramming every corner of our minds with more stuff. Stuff, And what we really need, what we're craving is silence and space. space. Right. We call it now bandwidth. I don't have the bandwidth. Even (laughs) even our emotional terms are technological. So the first step is really for somebody to become aware enough about how they're doing that they're saying, this is not leading to a good life. This is at the end of my life. Am I going to say that having frittered away this much time on Facebook was how I wanted to spend this existence? Something about that has to take hold. You know, a child born in 2003. 13, by the time he's seven, will have spent a year looking at a screen. By the time he's seven, a year of his life. So we have to start to wake up and grow up. And what that means is to become more conscious of how we're choosing to use technology. Because right now, you know, the, the... the rat has got the scientist in the cage, right? <laughs> right. So technology is using us. We're yeah. not using it. So every time, for example, that you have a thought that says, oh, I could use or, you know, I could, I could online shop or, you know, I could, I could check my Facebook, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. We stop for just a moment and we say, first of all, is this coming from habit? Is this coming from, is it really a work-related thing I need to attend to? We investigate, right? right? right. And then we ask ourselves, what would I have to feel right now if I didn't use? Mm -hmm. So we pause. Instead Mm -hmm. of just impulsively responding like an addict, we pause. What would I have to feel? What's here right now that I'm running away from? Mm -hmm. So we just start to bring awareness into our relationship with technology so again we're making choices we're not surrendering our agency to technology because we can do this does that mean we want to you know we can we can shut the garage door you know from bali in our house but do I want to learn the technology to be, how does that right. improve my life? To start to ask these questions. So it's not just can we b- do it, but mm. do I want to do it? Does that nourish mm. me in mm. any deeper way? Yeah, it's that old uh, cliche, like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. That's right. exactly. And, and uh, you know, I just find, like, if it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable for you to turn off your phone, like that's when you have to turn off your phone. That's the challenge, yeah. right? If you're noticing, you know, something like 59, the last stat I read was 59% of people feel that they cannot live without their phone wow. and they cannot go more than an hour without wow. going on their phone. The average person is now checking their phone every five to six minutes. So when this is the case, and you notice that you are anxious all the time mm-hmm. or you know you're not okay as you said if you're not mm-hmm. right we need to look at that we really yeah. need to say is this okay with you and then like your quote your lovely quote baby steps we start implementing you know in my book the power of off i do have a 30 day detox uh-huh. so we start implementing little steps mm-hmm. day by day and mm-hmm. then by 30 days Mm -hmm. we're doing 30 new behaviors little Mm -hmm. ones like the first half hour when you wake up in the morning you don't use Mm -hmm. you turn off your notifications that's Mm -hmm. a really simple one just Mm -hmm. stop getting notifications unless it's an emergency so you're not getting dinged into high alert right 
um, which sets off, again, the cortisol. Right. Or, for example, every day, spend 10 minutes in silence. Right. Or take a walk. Yeah. Tech-free. In the park, you know, around nature. nature. Exactly. That healing quality. When you're in communication with people that matter to you, have your phone out of reach. These are little steps, and I give you a whole bunch of them that you can try out. Mm -hmm. And it really has to do with breaking habits now. We've gotten off kind of out of the gate with technology Mm -hmm. with some really bad habits Mm because we were so excited. Right. About what yeah, it can do. Yeah, because it was new and different. That's it. But also, if you look at, you know, just little changes, like when we defer to the GPS every mm-hmm. time. Or, you know, a friend of mine said, why am I still looking at my GPS when I've turned into my street? You know, yeah. we, we <laughs> have surrendered our authority in our own it, it, lives. It's so funny. I was coming back from a hike the other weekend. And we were driving down from upstate, and it was a a way I knew very, very well. And, you know, the woman's GPS told her to take one highway. And I'm like, no, don't take that highway. Take this highway. It'll be faster. And she's like, no, but but, but I've never driven this way before. I have to follow it. And it's like she would rather trust her phone yeah. than a human being. That's right. And she With didn't experience. know at the time, but I've been on these highways yeah. since I was a little kid because we used right. to live in the Bronx and go upstate yeah. every summer to, to Lake Mohegan. So I like knew this area like the back of my hand. Yes. But she wouldn't trust me. She had to rely on her phone. And I just, especially coming out after a hike, you just disconnected from technology That's it. For, for six hours. It's, it's really remarkable. And, and I think that we're forgetting that we can know things ourselves from our own experience. You know, right now what's happening is that we're taking a country walk and instead of feeling those pebbles or the breeze or being in that experience, you know, most people now are looking for a place to take a selfie of themselves as a person who takes country walks, you know, Mm. that we can post. We're using life to build our brand instead Mm. of living life. And Mm. if we're not, you know, looking for selfie opportunities we are taking pictures of every moment of our life capturing our lives putting it in our iPhoto file but again at the expense of the direct experience of having lived that life so we've got all this you know captured life we've got proof Mm -hmm. of life but we don't own it we don't know what we would know if we'd walked through it being present in it and and you know we all have this natural narrator in us you know always walking behind us saying oh this is going great this is this is terrific what's happening here i'm enjoying this right Mm -hmm. narrating our life now we have an audience all the time for narrating our life Mm -hmm. so we're either capturing our life or we're documenting it to build our identity or we're narrating it so all of those leave us out of the direct experience of it yeah wow Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, uh, time for us to take our last break of the show. So everybody, please stay with us when we come back. We're going to be talking, uh, I want to ask you just a couple of questions about your other books. And just uh, maybe some advice on how people can be more present in this high technological age, okay? So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Hello, this is Mark Torres. And Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano. And listen to our show, It Came From the Radio, right here on talkradio.nyc, every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk about entertainment, movies, comic books, and other news. 
So make sure you check us out. That's right here, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, every Wednesday, talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been talking this hour to Nancy Collier, author of the book, The Power of Off, The Mindful Way to Stay Sane in a Virtual World. This isn't your first book, though. No, this no. is my third. Your third. My third. So I have to ask Trifecta. you about inviting a monkey to tea. <laughs> Don't you like tea? I love tea. Um, uh, is that your first book or your second book? Second book. Second book, and then getting out of your own way. Your first. That's book? my first book. Yeah. Uh, what made you decide to like? Oh, I think I want to write something. I have always written. It's oh, just yeah? a part of my yeah. It's it's a part of how I process. I only write about things that I'm really curious about. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting because I, a lot of people have come to me after the power of off and asked me to write various offshoots, you know, teens and tech and relationships and tech, which yeah. you know, it, it they're doing technology is doing a lot to our intimate relationships. Yeah. Tremendous amount. One in 3 people would rather give up sex than their phone, which I just wow. is fascinating. That that is nuts. Yeah, it's great. And 50, I love statistics, as yeah, you can tell, see. but 53% of people uh, would rather give up their sense of smell than their phone. Wow. <laughs> but I was going to say, so I, I have sort of stalled on writing some of these others because it's a topic... I have explored, I continue to explore, of course, but I really have to not understand something. And uh. the reason I wrote Inviting a Monkey to Tea is that's a book about how do we make peace with our own minds, hmm. which I think ultimately is what we need to do to be well. So in this culture, if we have any difficulty in our minds, we need to make it go away. Mm. We need to find some solution for it. But I have found that getting okay with not okay or getting mm. okay with the wild human mind and being able to bring compassion to it and but not be it, not mm. get lost in its narratives, mm. but not need for it to stop being a mind mm. as it is uh, for us to be well. I, I don't want to bet my freedom on my mind changing because after many years of practice, that doesn't seem to be happening. So I need a different approach. And this book is really about finding a sense of compassion and kindness uh, for the workings of your own mind. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. W would you say these are kind of books that see the world through a B Buddhist point of view or, or non-dual point of view, or is it just your view? Um, well, and who's the you in that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that uh, ultimately the power of off is a book. It's I'm a cultural writer. Mm -hmm. I write about what's happening to us as human beings, whether it be in relationship, it be in technology, it be in whatever, wherever it manifests. But um, ultimately, it's trying to bring us to a deeper understanding of what we need as human beings. Mm. So that has aspects of the non-dual path. Mm. It has aspects of me as a psychotherapist, mm. as, a, as an interfaith minister. Mm. It's really about what is a good life. Right. What is a good life? And right. uh, certainly, I, I, you know, I've spent many, many, many years uh, on the Buddhist path. So everything that I write is from a Buddhist perspective, of mm -hmm. course. Okay, cool. And and just to be clear for our audience, you're not against technology. I mean, you blog for Psychology Today and Huffington Post, so you're pretty with it on the on the technology. I side. am not a luddite. I yeah. love technology, and that's right. part of why I needed to get very serious about how do I want to be in relationship with technology. This is not about doing away with technology. It's right. fantastic. It's delightful. Um, it's about finding freedom 
in technology, not right. from it. Right. You know, the truth is, there's nowhere to hide now. The caves yeah. have Wi-Fi. <laughs> there, there's nowhere to go. So that's right. off the table. Right. We've got to make a decision that we want to wrestle in our more reptilian tendencies and have our more evolved self uh, holding the reins here about yeah. how do we want to be with this great tool, but again, not at the expense of what we really crave in terms of connection, in terms of meaning, in terms of the real juice of life. Right, right. Y- you know, I, uh, over the years, because I was very much addicted to technology, even still, but I'm much more mindful about it, I'd look for excuses to turn my phone yeah. off or to not pay attention to it. So, you know, I, when I go on a hike on a weekend, I'm, I'm, my phone is pretty much off, except unless I pull it out to take a picture, which I don't do that often. Um, you know, I'm involved, I do shamanic work, and when we do our sessions, uh, you know, evening time, Friday evening into Saturday morning, Saturday evening to Sunday morning, the phone is off. You know, I get to the person's house, it is off. Um, this weekend I'm going up uh, our our host uh, Kai Cole of Our Daily Magic she's involved this big uh, festival up at the farm she's on in New Hampton uh, Cosmic Community Fest I, I think just go to healing.farm and you can find out all about that like I'll be up there I know I don't get good reception there like I don't have <laughs> the best you know cell service yeah. and I'm okay with that because you know what if you know, for a little bit, I don't have cell service. Great. It's an excuse for me not to look at my phone. Right. And this is really a new thing that we have to be available at every moment. Yeah. Oh, I and that idea. it used to be really only when maybe somebody in your family was dying that you would right. be this available waiting for the call to come in. Or if you were a computer consultant and like your job was to make sure the computers were That's on right. all the time, then That's you could right. get messages in the middle of the night. You then once because I was that person for a period of time and I used to have a beeper and I hated it and yeah. I would just love like the day I turned that into the companies I ne- would never have to worry yeah. about getting beeped again I was thrilled well and and you know this state of living in sort of fight or flight all the time what that's doing to us on a long-term basis is is, is quite it's quite da- right. it's quite damaging and you know we we need again we need to make ourselves available not just to everyone else right. but to ourselves right, right? right that's the person we've abandoned we're we're available to our kids you know mm-hmm. god forbid you should not be available when your kid contacts you that's considered yeah. that's like child welfare now yeah, needs to yeah, be yeah, called yeah. Yeah, you know yeah like acs they, like get them yeah. in here we got oh to pull god this kid, yeah. and we're available to our jobs we're available to our spouses we're available to our friends yeah. but we never stop and say Who's here that's yeah. doing all this responding? Can I be with her? Can I be with him? Yeah. And what does that even mean anymore to be available and to actually learn how to tolerate our own company? A part of all of this Uber availability is a ruse for dodging ourselves, right. for never having learned how to actually be with ourselves without an object of attention, without attending to something, without getting something done, without listening to a podcast just imagine being with ourselves taking a walk or something so crazy so all of this i'm a good person because i'm available to you sometimes is a dodge of our own company right and it's just being present and being comfortable to all of it the good the bad the ugly and if you're uncomfortable about something be with the uncomfortableness and learn from it and if you're 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 happy then great like be with the happiness enjoy it don't don't you know, squash it down. That's it. And, you know, we're really living in a kind of very, very, you could say, unevolved way mm, right now. Because yeah. what, what you're saying is very obvious to us, maybe experience what you're experiencing. That's right. all. If it's right. good, if it's not. But again, in this culture, we don't know how to experience things that are difficult. We know how to get away from them. Right. And we're very well schooled at that. Right. But we don't really know that thing that you just said. We, we less and less even know how to, you know, these days, if you walk on the street and let's say you have a little moment, you know, you open a door for a woman with a stroller and you 
you experience in it, before technology was gigantic we would just hold that in our heart right. maybe mm-hmm. no one in the end of the day knew that that happened but we changed as a result of right. that experience we felt it we walked for a little bit and just glowed with that now we are immediately you know texting it out you know kicking it or posting kicking it with kindness you know yeah. check me out hashtag gratitude you know right. it's like and we don't even pause for a moment to take in that human moment of sweetness and so we're less and less even when it's good able to experience what we're experiencing we're more interested again in using every moment to say something about ourselves right right and 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 to just kind of even just take it in when someone does something nice for us or we do something nice for somebody else to just be present and feel it that's it that's becoming a long lost art and what i'm seeing in my office is a lot of people who feel like ghosts in their own lives they feel like when is my real life going to start or there's a disconnect between what they've lived so, uh, Nancy, I, I, I hate to cut it off, but we're coming to the end of the show. It's been gone so fast. It's been wonderful having you here. If people want to learn more about you or get in touch sure. with you, how would they do that? Uh, com. And there's lots of information on there. The book, The Power of Off, The Mindful Way to Stay Sane in a Virtual World, is available everywhere. Books are sold, Amazon, as are my other books. Um, And the Psychology Today blog is up there, as is HuffPost and all the rest. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come into the show. It's been wonderful having you. And um, just to let everybody know, coming up next, Adam Jeffrey Weinberg with his show, Is It Plugged In?, talking all about technology <laughs> hopefully he listened a little bit of it uh, is uh, and uh, and uh, starting next week we will actually have a new show in adam's slot uh off the beaten path with oscar nordstrom and then adam will be in the hour uh, exactly opposite that so thank you all for tuning in if you want to stay up to date with the latest changes go to the website and sign up for the newsletter www.talkradio.nyc just put your email address in sign up for the newsletter keep you up to date on all the changes thanks everybody for tuning in appreciate you be more mindful we'll talk to you next week you're listening to the talking alternative network want to connect with are you an entrepreneur or entrepreneur looking to build your following welcome to our show follow Follow me friday Friday with joan and priya tune in every friday at noon eastern on talkradio.nyc we're We're your digital connectors connectors. (laughs) (laughs) hey all you crazy listeners looking to boost your business Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Thank you. 
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 